0: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet.
1: Gamble responsibly. Call
2: 1-800-858-858. Reese Plumbing. Designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you.
1: It's the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show with Daniel McCarty, Grant Elliott, and Justin Marshall on SCNZ got folks. Welcome into the show. Bang on 10 a.m. on a Saturday, the 21st of May, 2022. My name is Daniel McCarty. I am present. Grant Elliott is present this week. Yeah, I'm present.
0: I always look forward to this. Everyone looks forward to their Friday night. I always look forward to my Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Get you a coffee, extra shot in mine. Unlike your
1: 20s when Saturday morning.
0: Oh, you oh. woke up and you're like... Oh. We, should we go through the... How did, through? How did I get home?
1: How did I get home? Why am I sleeping with a steak and cheese pie? We're not going to talk pies this week. We talked breakfast pies last week with Justin Marshall. Uh, we will uh, leave that alone. Welcome into the uh, Reese Super Rugby Fan Show with Reese Plumbing Design. To help your business grow and succeed, Reese works for you. Uh, we are now officially under two weeks away from the playoffs, so the jostling for home field advantage is a, a key component to the games this weekend. And last night, uh, the Crusaders took a rather large step um, in doing so, with a big win in their game over the Fijian Drua by 61 points to three. The Reds beating Moana Pacifica by 34 to 22. We've got four games remaining. We'll pick over the bones of all of those. Uh, we look forward to, to you offering uh, your contribution too as well. You can uh, chip in. double eight, double three. the text line and uh, telephone uh, number always available for you. 0800 If you have a comment, uh, a question, for our esteemed uh, guest and uh, resident expert, and uh, now is the time. Uh, let's welcome in. In no chatting, uh, bake uh, Sorry, what was it? Bacon. No, in, no, in, in, it was a butter chicken pie.
0: That's a chicken. Butter in chicken in the morning
1: for as well for breakfast. Justin a Marshall's um, had uh, the full English breakfast, no doubt. Good morning.
3: Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, yes, I have had. Well, I've had a coffee this morning, and it's a. It's a beautiful day in Christchurch. I'm still here uh, because I'm going to be going down and doing the Highlanders uh, versus Waratahs game tomorrow. So I've got a day in Christchurch, but I haven't uh, made any insertions into pie shops <laughs> this morning. It'll be fair to say I'm putting
2: that a
0: <laughs> Were you tempted though, Justin? Yeah. Were you tempted? Was the ball there? The try line was just in front of you and you thought, oh, I'm going to give it a go anyway.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, with the greatest respect to our listeners out there, um, and this isn't meant to be by any means derogatory.
1: Oh, your phone line cut out at just the best uh, time, because I...
3: As always, as always, lads.
1: (laughs) 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 As an aside, I learned how to poach eggs. I learned how to poach eggs this week. How old are you? I'm I'm 43 years old. I've never tried. I've never tried in my life know what,
0: what are we they dealing amazing. with
1: here? I nailed it first time. Anyway, we'll get back to the most important thing, which is talking code with the former All Black Great and Sky Sport commentator, Justin Marshall. Uh, Justin, let, let's get to the job at hand of look, looking at the last night's games. The Crusaders 61 points to three over the Fiji and Drua. Uh, here are my notes that I scribbled down whilst watching. Try after one minute, 52 seconds for Crusaders game over. <laughs>
3: Oh, well, yeah, they did score early, didn't they? But I think probably when Scott Robertson was analysing the game along with his other coaches, um, he was thinking to himself, the last thing that we want is to give a side like the Drua any momentum at all in the game. Because if they get their tails up and get some points on the board, uh, that expressive nature of playing the game will come out and we'll have a, a tough night at the office. So they, they got into their work pretty early, the Crusaders, and... I think they'd done their homework really well against the Drewer as well, defensively. Uh, they knew there were some threats across the park. Players that were some of the biggest metre eaters in the comp, you know, uh, try scorers uh, they shut them down. So the Drewer um, didn't get any real momentum in the game at all. In fact, I scratched my head, lads, to think of the Drewer even putting the Crusaders under pressure on their own line. So yeah. quite a comprehensive yeah, victory.
0: Justin, great to have you on the show again. Always love your, your insight. Um, looking at the Drua, I mean, their inability to control possession didn't really help them, did it? Um, there were several unforced errors, um, and that came as a result of the poor passes. In saying that, Tamani, was, he was superb throughout. But when you look at the, the Drua, how do you rate them, their first Super Rugby season so far out of 10? I mean, d- were they disappointing? Did they, they deliver what we expected?
3: They delivered more than I expected, Grant, because I was very uh, aware of the step up that they were needing to make um, from where they'd been. And and obviously, when you look at it, as you do with Minor Pacifica, uh, you you look at squad depth and the ability to go week in, week out. Uh, Obviously, the the Trans-Tasman competition, when you have to travel, brings in an extra fatigue to that. But when you looked across the board, you know the, the the depth of their squad. They had some very powerful, and still do have some very powerful players uh, capable of breaking any team uh, in the world open. But whether they could consistently do that was probably the biggest question mark. I think now they're starting to feel that fatigue. You know, they they certainly got some yeah. points put on them by the Hurricanes. They they had a good win against Minor Pacifica. Been a bit of a letdown in recent recent time, um, but. I think now um, they're starting to feel the pinch of the depth of their squad. But but they, they certainly have performed much better than what I expected. And they've, they've had some really good games throughout. The, the, and the one against the Highlanders is probably a standout.
1: You know and it's something we did highlight at the beginning of the season justin didn 't we that the grind of this campaign at times where uh, teams have had you know multiple games during a week that it was going to be difficult and that 's been reflected in those uh, heavy losses to the to the Canes and the Crusaders last night, good win against minor Pacifica wedged in between those, so uh you know uh, two wins uh, first up for them um I want more that they certainly bring um a lot to this competition and long, may continue. Uh, I would say. What a beautiful sight it was to see Sammy Whitelock smashing onto it, galloping <laughs> and scoring. Even Sam Whitelock scored. The, the earth must be coming to an end.
3: Yeah, yeah. He had a look a surprise on his face as well, didn't he? And he just <laughs> did enough to get there, but it was a really nice line. But, you know, it was great to see Sam Whitelock running out to in line like that and, and hitting the, you know, the ball right on that game line and breaking a tackle and scoring. But the thing that I really thought about that try and thought about the way the Crusaders played and the way they are starting to play and evolve in their game plan. So they're starting to show a little bit more than what they have early in the season was the fact that the player that gave him the pass was Sevu Reese who had made his way from the right wing all the way across to the other side of the field, got himself as a first receiver. Now, usually when wingers get themselves off the wing, they usually that t- that tip player, an inside ball from 10, an outside ball, um, or they're a second or third receiver out the back. You know, for the confidence that they've got in that team, for Reese to step up as a first receiver, basically playing 10, and then hit Sam Whitelock on a short ball for him to go through, goes to show the threat they've got across the park. And flying Anuku was in around um, halfback at times, carrying in there. He got turnovers in the middle of the field. You know, they're licensed to roam, is unparalleled and when you and when you also bring will jordan into the mix who i think he's one of the the guys that's got what some of the most turnovers in the comp so far geez they they don't just sit out 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 the back and wait for the ball do they and that and that's Mm. real dangerous when you've got players with that uh, vision
0: hey justin i wanted to ask you a a rugby insight question because i'm always fascinated at half time you know what happens in the sheds is it a rev up from the coach because it was a soft try um, after the first half. So Crusaders are leading 28-3 to the Drewer. I imagine that the, the Drewer coach will get them together, reflect on that first half and discuss ways uh, that they can move forward. But then straight after half time there's a soft try where Burke goes over. Um, and how does that affect a team after a rev up and what happens in those change rooms? I want, I want to know exactly what happens in those change rooms.
3: Yeah, well, you've you've analysed it pretty well, to be perfectly honest, Grant. Because you, you need to look at where you are finding stress in the game, and and where you are finding that the opposition are putting you under pressure, and how you can rectify that. You know, like leading into that game, the the, the Drua lineout's been a, sh- a shambles, and last night, yeah, it was it was really it was really good. As was their scrum, and I was super surprised that they had good platforms to launch from, but they really let themselves down in another physical area of the game, which was the breakdown. So you would think the coaches had a really good chat to them about their discipline, but also making sure that when they have the ball, because that's when they're the most dangerous, when they can carry, that they're effectively cleaning the rucks out. So that would have been one of the messages. And the other one would have been, you know, I think Glenn Jackson said it when we interviewed him, that they feel that they can, you know, when they phase, that they can probably open the Crusaders up. Um, they'd made a couple of mini line breaks, but then lost the ball. So when you think about the way that they entered into that second half and they didn't execute that, there's a there's a real uh, threat there that the messaging a hasn't got through. Uh, and b, the players are dealing with the same problems that they were dealing with in the first half, and they haven't rectified it. They haven't righted the wrongs that were causing them that pressure. So, they're very analytical now you'll see the coaches uh, and support staff all on their computers they'll be looking at the line speed of the defense they'll be looking at where they're making the errors the information overload sometimes I think when you think about players like Fijian players or expressive players is a bit too much information so you know it's one way or the other certain coaching groups yeah. want to show show videos and like that was never around mm. in my day I I was more of an in the now rather than looking at the past and looking at video clips, but it's very much a part of the mindset nowadays. So it's just about how far a coach wants to go at
1: halftime. Yeah, it's it's amazing how, how much things have changed in you know 20-odd years as, as people try to find those little minute details that, that get you to a win. Uh, I'm sure, oh, Justin, yeah. in, oh, in your own playing career...
3: Yeah, yeah I, I wanted to just say, Daniel, that um, I got invited along to the All Blacks training run And it had been the first time I'd sort of been back into that environment since I retired in 2005, and it was when Steve Hansen was in control in 2012. And pretty much the the game was similar in terms of the mindset, but I couldn't believe how far advanced the technology had gone. And it had gone so far that when the All Blacks were training and there was something not working with, I guess, a warm-up drill or any form of drill or a drill that they're looking to um, implement into the game or something was going wrong in the team run, all of a sudden there would be a stop and this uh, cart would come out, golf cart would come out into the middle of the field with a 50-inch <laughs> screen on it and they'd all stand around the screen and and, and watch this video analysis that was happening real-time at training. And I was just like, holy moly, like, there is, <laughs> there is a real change in mindset here of analysis and you know, in time, you know, uh, I, I guess, involvement of the game. Because usually you talk about that stuff once training's done and go, oh, why didn't that work? But, you know, that, that's technically what you're dealing with nowadays.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm sure you, you probably, uh, in your day, Justin, were on the uh, on the receiving end of a few, um, you know, hair dryer sprays from <laughs> from coaches. Go, go, go on, spill I mean? the beans. Who gave you the yeah, I mean? biggest barracking? Who was most likely to lose their marbles at halftime?
3: Well, well, first of all, yeah. Um, the other thing that you couldn't do because it's all video, videoed the whole training session and everything. You certainly couldn't afford to have been out the night before and get away with hovering in the background of <laughs> training. That's for sure because <laughs> everyone's being watched. But um, so those yeah, those those days were gone. Um, no, certainly, without shadow of a doubt. Uh, you know, Laurie Maines, when things yeah. when things weren't um, going going very well, uh, you know, he had a very much. I, I, I guess mindset of laying down the law. There was no, there was no whiteboard. There was no, there was no uh, video screens. It was simply <laughs> verbal. Uh, and get out of the way if he was close to a chair, basically.
0: <laughs> I, I'm with you though, Justin. I mean, I, I obviously with cricket, it's quite an analytical game, but it really <clears> does <throat> depend what you show as a coach. Like it's so important. I mean, can you imagine the coaches saying? This is Jonah Lomu, let's just watch his last couple of tries that he's had and just running (laughs) over people. The fullback is not going to sleep that night. And it was the same when we had footage with um, Muralithorin or Mendes, there'd be a split Mm. screen of three or four of his different deliveries. And you had no idea, even watching it in slow-mo, you couldn't actually see what he was bowling, which actually made you more nervous going into the game. So do you show the opposition's
1: weaknesses? Or do you show their strength? Can I dive in here? I would think if you've had a dreadful game, you want to highlight when you did it well. Yep, I agree. Rather than, here's you playing and missing to another left arm spinner, Grant. (laughs) Um, You want to play a clip of of you actually playing it well, surely. And I I think that sort of um, parlays into it to a lot of other sports, surely.
0: Yeah, and and that's what uh, you're saying, Justin. It's just, I guess, you have to be careful. There's a lot of technology around, but how you use it is the most important thing, and that's driven by the coach, I guess. Yeah.
1: Hey, we are getting sidetracked. Uh, let, let's carry on. the The, the Friday, uh, the other Friday night game was the Reds minor Pacifica, 34 points to 22. I think Minor Pacifica probably lament just in a, a poorish first half. Um, there was that late intercept too that also sort of sealed the deal for the Reds. But uh, an important banana skin for the Reds uh, missed.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Like the the Reds have lost their rhythm in the last month it'd be fair to say you know they were in a really prime position on the table uh, they've come up against new zealand teams and have not been successful uh they've, they've got james o'connor back now into the mix and some players coming back which which really does help them because they were one of the teams suffering from key injuries uh yeah but you but because of that you can go into it lacking a little bit of confidence in a game like that that against my Pacifico pacific who are Struggling a bit at the moment is one of those games that you can let slip by, but they certainly didn't do that. Uh, the, the Reds, which is one of those ones where, yeah, you, you get back into the changing room and you've ticked that box, and now you go, right, we've got what we needed out of that game. We've got some fit players again. If we want to be a real force in this competition, we now straight away bin that game and look ahead to the Crusaders. How do we go to Christchurch and beat them and upset their rhythm?
0: Would the Reds be relieved to have come away with a win but obviously missed out on the bonus points? Is that something that really does come into play?
3: Uh, Yeah, it does, particularly at this stage of the season that, uh, you know, when when you're fighting for those positions and the the jockeying is going on about where you're going to finish, you know, you need to make sure that you're securing every point that's available. And, you know, missing out on a bonus point where where other teams will cash in uh, certainly does play on your mind. But I think first and foremost... You can control your own destiny by continuing to win. You know, like at the end of the day, you're not going to get any bonus points for winning a semifinal, a quarter final, or a final. You've just got to go out there and learn how to win and win tough. So that's probably the one thing you've got to take out of it. The, the biggest downside of that is that you, you can't control where you finish on the table to be able to, to get those wins. And, and that's where bonus points come into play.
1: The games today, gee, it's, a, it's a trifecta of um, significant games now, isn't it? Uh, with, with the feature film being the last one. We'll get to that and we'll spend some time on the Brumbies Blues. But the Chiefs, of course, on the back of that dramatic late win uh, last week against uh, the Rebels, will want to be a lot more convincing, Justin, at home this afternoon at 4.35 against the Force, who, who are in Desperateville. Uh, I know mathematically still in a you know mathematically speaking, Kilts can still make the playoffs. It's not likely to happen though for them. But uh, you're looking for more polish from the Chiefs.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, this is another side that we're we're in, uh we're had, had, had real rhythm and we're looking good. And and now, unfortunately, they find themselves further down the table than not what they would like to have been. Like they're still in good position and they're still very capable. Of you know um, winning this competition you know, they they lose you know the likes of anton leonard Brown and Brody Ritalik uh, out of the mix and, and you know Josh Iwani was out for a while and and all of a sudden that massive momentum that they had particularly when they they came to Christchurch to beat the Crusaders and not many teams do that uh, that then the the sting is taken out of the campaign a bit and they've sort of been I guess um, stilted really uh, since then and 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 the they've struggled their way through. So I don't think now that I think Clayton McMillan's too astute to, to worry about whether they get home final semifinals and it will be nice to, and they can still have a bit of a, a, bit of a control about that. Um, but I think the key thing that they're trying to do is, uh, get, get their mojo back and, um, yeah. getting key players back will help that.
1: Canes up against the rebels. I want to talk about Geordie Barrett at number 12. Um, who do you think wants him at number twelve? And there's some mixed messages coming out of the Canes. I think Jason Holland this week said no, it's not come from the All Blacks, but I think it was Baylen Sullivan the week before. His midfield partner at some stage hinted that it was Geordie Barrett at twelve. Are you a fan, Justin?
3: I think he certainly can play twelve and play twelve well, and as a threat. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's coming from the All Blacks. I'm pretty sure that you know the the head coaches are you know, they'll bear in mind for the greater good of New Zealand rugby uh, and where they can, they'll accommodate that. But at the end of the day, mate, their, their heads are on the chopping block should things go wrong. And um, if they're making selections that they don't agree with, you know, ultimately they pay the penalty. So Jason Holland won't be selecting Geordie Barrett at 12 if the All Blacks are telling him to. I'm very, very sure of that. As Scott Robertson won't be, won't be selecting uh, Leicester Fying Inuku at centre because the All Blacks want to see him play there and see if he can play both positions. He'll be Selected him where it's best for the team and, his, and his, in his mind where his best position is and you're starting to get the inclination that Jason Holland thinks that his team is a better balanced when Geordie's at 12 uh, because you know Morby and Coe are doing a better job uh, doing a good job in the back three and he's getting better punch out of Geordie at 12 so he's preferring him there but I think that's it's as simple mm-hmm. as that. Okay.
0: How How much of a difference is Dane Coles making to that um, Hurricane squad, do you think? He obviously had two strong showings off the bench, and looks like he's going to get a start.
3: He's just got a different way about him, Grant, hasn't he? Like, when you see Dane Coles plays, Hmm. he's just the ultra-competitor. There's no doubt you can see that. The juices flow, Uh, he's never too far from a bit of push and shove, but that's, again, that competitive nature of, of Dane Coles. He brings an edge. To, to the environment that, that other players just simply don't have because you know when, when you look at it you know they've got um, a or Omoa there who is a devastating ball runner his um, line out and scrum works really good he's an all black so you know he's, he's a world class player that they've got in the mix but Dane Coles just has this like I said uh, I can't describe it any more than this just sort of niggly edge about him that that, that brings out the best in players around him but also He's a perfectionist, you know, whether it's throwing the ball into the line out, sitting a scrum or, you know, beating beating a, an outside back because he's two in from the wing. You know, that's Dane Coles. And I certainly think that they, you know, this is not derogatory towards a or more because they still function well with him on the field. But when Dane Coles is out there, I, I don't know whether it's, it's just a feeling that they, as a unit and as a team, they thrive off the energy that, and the competitiveness that he brings into the game.
1: I'm just looking at the Kane squad, um name for this one. Good to see Owen Franks and Cole, uh, alongside Dane Coles on the bench, but um, in, in the starting position, there's um, you know, a, a lot of names that uh, you know uh, don't strike massive fear. I think they're re- re- you know using the the full depth of their squads. Uh, one who's not there, of course, TJ I, I like Where does he sit on your All Black contender halfback rankings, Just Because being a former halfback uh, yourself, you've probably poured over that position a lot because, gee, there's, there's a lot of people have auditioned pretty strongly this year.
3: Yeah, yeah there has. And, and it's very reassuring that we've got good depth in the nine jersey in New Zealand at the moment. Obviously, we, we have one of the best in the world and Aaron Smith, who, who I'm sure by his own admission is slightly off his game at the moment. Um, yeah, Finlay Christie setting the world on fire with the Blues. You know, Brad Webber's back. Uh, into the Chiefs mix, and he was you know, arguably as in good a form as Christie before his injury. Uh, then you've got the, the, the Falao Whakatawas in the mix as well. So you sort of do think about, in the pecking order, where does TJ uh, Perinata sit? You know, in my mind, he's the type of player that I, that I, would, that I would never count out. He's, he's just too competitive. But probably the biggest part of it is when I look at the balance of those nines that I've mentioned across the board, there are only two in the country at the moment that can play a, a, way, a way quite significantly different than the others. And that is Falau Whakataba and, and TJ Perenara. They, they, they are, yes, more physical, but it's not just physicality. It's their ability post-contact to, to uh, bring other yeah. players into the game. So any any player can take steps, one or two steps out from nine, bring players into motion, bring them into the game, You know, hit lead runners, hit players out the back. That's fine if you can take steps from that position. But then the the Perenara Whakatabas, they take steps and then they engage defenders and they can, with their strength, get get an offload or they can make a break or they can get through that initial contact and set other players away. In my mind, they're the only two. So what you've got to factor in is, do we want to be an all-black team that when we bring a player on, he provides something different than the others. Completely different for defenders to consider. So that's why I would never rule TJ Perenata out of the mix for the All Blacks.
1: Okay, gun to your head. You get to select three for Justin Marshall's All Black squad. Are you picking?
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, nice, mate. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, at the moment, um, I think players, players that are in form you want uh, you know you want in the jersey and, and I certainly think that Finlay Christie's probably playing the best in the country at the moment um, that would be a very tough call on Brad Webber but unfortunately he's lost a little bit of ground because of his injury but they they also consider he's been in the environment they know what he delivers but I'd go Finlay Christie I'd never not take Aaron Smith into a test match and I oh, look I'd I'd have to flip Ooh. the coin between Pierre and Fakatava I'm sorry I, I'm, nice
1: I'll allow, allow you to take the picket the, fe- yeah
3: I'm not I'll allow you to take the picket they look fence the early or not
1: yeah but but I think these games at the end of the season come playoff time um they have more weight. They have more weight yes, um, yes. as far as selecting uh, an all-black squad. So uh, it might be just a little bit premature to leap at that. I'm really yeah, looking forward yeah, to tonight's yeah, blues Brumbies game. Go- yeah, carry on, Justin.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, when you get me on a roll, Daniel uh, Grant, you know you know what I'm like. But <laughs> I guess the other side of it that I'm slightly steering towards TJ with is I'm, I'm not convinced at the moment that should Aaron Smith fall over, that Falao Fakatava's has grown up enough and has enough game game balance and also maturity to start. At the moment, he's very good off the bench. Um, He's a massive impact. But you also need the ability to be able to go out there and start the game and finish the game in the same vein. And at the moment, the two times that he's been given the starting jersey by Tony Brown, he, he hasn't delivered. So that would be a big part of the equation as well, I think. Sorry, I did to add that. No, fair enough, fair enough. Um,
0: are, you, are you generally happy, though, uh, Justin, with, I guess, going over the Tasman and how the New Zealand teams are peaking? Um, not only New Zealand teams, but I guess the All Blacks players. Because, I mean, I look at the All Blacks players, and it's my perception of it, but they look like they're in really good physical nick as a whole.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm happy with where they are in terms of uh, physicality, in terms of the way that you can see that the fitness of the players is at a good level, given you know the real difficult tour that the All Blacks had to go through last year, being away from home so long, uh, going to Europe off the back of the Rugby Championship of Australia. I thought there could be some fatigue setting in. I guess it's a massive positive to you know the big topical debate that we have about the All Black minutes. You know why are we doing that? But So that when you do get to this stage of the season, that those All Blacks that have had big volume are still reasonably fresh. So so I'm happy with where they are there. I was slightly concerned round one of the Trans-Tasman and and to a degree round two, where we were suffering losses that we haven't suffered in the past against Australian teams. We've been so dominant. But I think Mm. they've smartened up pretty quick that the Australian teams, A, are a bit stronger this year and B, that... um, they were probably a bit complacent and they couldn't just go out there they had to go out there and earn the right and uh, i certainly think mentally the new zealand teams have made a massive shift and in, in the respect they're giving the australian sides
1: we will finish with our picks, and you know, all credit us last <laughs> last week, Justin. We were far better last week, and obviously the the deep inquiry uh, that we launched here on the Saturday <laughs> session uh, as to what had gone wrong with our picks the previous week has worked. But I'd love to get your thoughts on what I think is the marquee matchup, with all due respect to uh, the Highlanders and Waratahs uh, tomorrow, or oh, that Sunday afternoon, uh, which Justin will have the call for. Brumbies Blues tonight at quarter to ten kickoff uh, back in Canberra, um, first v third. Um, gee, the, the it's been a big fortnight for the Brumbies having to back up against that uh, from the Crusaders loss last week.
3: Yeah, it has. And it would have stung that loss. I know the Brumbies and they're, a, they're a fierce, they're a fierce old animal and they are, they, they would have been hurting from how, you know, physically they got dominated and the way that, the manner that they got beaten at home, there'll be a, there'll be a response from them. And unfortunately I think the blues might be on the receiving end of that. Uh, Uh, it's never never an ever easy place to go and win, let alone when they're coming off the back of a loss like that. On paper, the Blues should win, but in saying that, you know, 11 Wallabies and the Brumbies, um, on paper, they're a bloody good side. So I'm going to stick my neck out, and you two can quite um, obviously offer a rebuttal to it, uh, and hopefully you do, which takes the pressure off me and getting slagged if I'm (laughs) anywhere near Auckland in the next week. I'm going to go for the Brumbies.
1: Okay,
0: I'll go the Blues. Oh... Um, I, I had the feeling that the Blues... I just think the, the Christy Barrett pairing... The, the,
1: the sweat is pouring yeah, off oh your face. No, I'm
0: really sorry, you Justin. C- you cannot handle I, pressure.
1: This is just tipping a sporting
0: game. And you know what? The host he quickly gets in there and just sits on the fence and then stares at me as well <laughs> on the defining <laughs> vote. But, are you yeah.
1: suggesting that I'm not sure the Blues are going to win and I've done this to completely stitch you I'm up? I'm
0: going with my heart and I'm going for the Blues.
1: Oh, I never... Never tip with your heart, mate. Always your head.
0: No, they're in good form. They're in great form. They are in amazing form.
1: Yeah, I go top of the table. It's a re- I, I can't wait for that one. Uh, with all due respect to the Force and the Rebels, uh, Chiefs and Canes win both those games, right? Grant. Yep.
0: Yes. <laughs> and Justin,
1: Yep. And the Highlanders versus the Waratahs. Waratahs a mm. fortnight ago. We were really praising them, weren't we, Justin, after the win against the Crusaders. They've been They've been quite flat uh, in the following fortnight, haven't they?
3: Yeah, they, they've struggled a little bit. Uh, you know, they've obviously had to deal with some travel uh, on the back of that. Uh, but they're still a very good side. Um, they do have some key players missing um, for this game against the Highlanders, which does surprise me. So I think, given the momentum the Highlanders got uh, the week before um, and how emphatic they look, and I, start, I think they're starting to get an idea that they actually need to use the ball rather than kick the bloody thing away. Uh yeah, I think they're, they're, they're finally listening to you. Yeah,
1: they're yeah. finally yeah. listening to you, Justin. Well, Keep the ball in hand. You guys are quite capable.
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the, the TAB odds on this one. I mean, they've got the Towers at $3.70, and they've got the Highlanders at $1.25. So I'm going to go with the tried and tested TAB method. Well, going for the favourite.
1: <laughs> okay. That means I don't need to vote. Because democracy prevails.
0: But who would have? Who would you have gone? We
1: will never know. <laughs> we, we will never know.
0: Right now, will we? We've got a real problem with this in our in our studio. And then whatever whatever decisions we make, Ben Francis, producer. Yeah, he just changes. Them. He just changes them anyway.
1: It does whatever he wants. Justin, thanks so much, mate. Uh, enjoy your Saturday night in the mansion on the couch watching, um, you know, the trifecta of games today, and, and have a great call tomorrow afternoon for that aforementioned uh, uh, Waratah's uh, Highlanders game. Thanks, as always. Thanks, Justin.
3: Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Have a good day.
1: That is uh, former All Black great uh, Justin Marshall, elite um, expert uh, analyst on Sky Sport. This is the Reece Super Rugby Fan Show. Big thanks to Reece Plumbing Design to help your business grow and succeed. Reece works for you. As far as how the ladder looks, we'll break that down to... To just give you, you know, paint the picture of uh, how things could play out over the over the uh, the coming uh, fortnight as far as home field advantage, all that is, uh, you know, the light, the light is there. Playoffs footy, playoffs footy, less than fortnight away, mate.
0: Do, do you reckon it makes more of a difference in football or rugby with the home? I mean, it's just more the travel, isn't it? It's if you can stay in one place, if you can stay in New Zealand and not have to travel across to Tasman or wherever it is uh, that away game, because you always
1: l- you well, New Zealand crowds aren't rabid crowds, are they? No, We're a very passive sort of Rugby is, spectator. definitely. You know, we get very, I've always described New Zealand rugby fans as the most passionate people from the end of the game all week up to kickoff. And then they sit on their hands and tell people to sit down in front of them. It is a... Sit v- down! Stop making noise! I'm trying to watch, I'm trying to study the game! When I'll reiterate for about the thousandth time in my broadcasting career, there is actually scientific evidence that if you support making noise you will improve your team's chances of winning.
0: It's scientifically proven. Yes. I want to know what percentage of I, that is.
1: I can't pull that stat out of my backside. So right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll Google it. I will yeah, Google you, it. You will Google it
1: for sure. Uh, this is the Super Rugby Fan Show. Your comments, just am- really interest on the halfbacks. Um, it was one of my multiple choice questions to him a couple of weeks ago, and he actually chose another one. But he's uh, rank rank. The halfbacks, one, two, three, as far as who makes the all-black squad. And I want to hear from you, listeners. 0800-150-811 or TX8833. Justin Marshall, really honest, and I I do appreciate that. Aaron Smith, Finlay Christie, and a toss of a coin. But I I detected he was leaning to TJ Peronara over Fakatava. So uh, go on, uh, fans out there. I want to hear your three. One, two, three, as far as uh, the best halfbacks going around and uh, the halfbacks that will make uh, an all-black squad um, in just a couple of weeks' time. Uh, we will take a break, though, at 27 away from 11. The lines are open. It is toll-free. You'll get through right now. 0800 150 811. We could text your comments to double eight double three. back after this. <laughs> it's driven by quality, Reese, and it works for you. The Reese Super Rugby Fan Show, all part of the Saturday session here on SENZ. So we go to the lines on 0800 150 811. G'day, John. Good morning to you
2: good morning good morning hey great show guys great show um you've always been one of my favorite there mccarty and grant elliott oh, you're one of my favorite oh. cricketers you and jack oh Cullin. thanks john <laughs> oh gee, it's well, the first my...
1: time you've ever been in the same sentence as jacques Cullin, Do you know what grant? john
0: it's nice to get positive feedback on the show because <laughs> i don't get much from daniel and ben so mate you are my favorite listener <laughs> And my Jacques Callis is Lying one Lying of Lying my favourite players, so thank you. God,
1: how good was Jacques Callis? Oh, John, he, he, he we're getting, getting
0: sidetracked,
1: my, my league could do anything, couldn't he? <laughs> Mate, I reckon he would have been good, good off the back of a scrum too. He was built like a loose forward, wasn't he, Grant?
0: Big unit, <laughs> big unit, massive hands, unit. second slip, didn't drop a thing.
1: Oh, brilliant. Uh, nice. John, um, over to you, my friend. What do you want to discuss? Yeah, so let's
2: start off with our half decks in the All Black squad. So,
1: oh, yes, give
2: one, me your, give me uh number one. Um, I, I did hear that Ian Foster was choosing a squad of 36, so that makes me assume that he might choose four halfbacks, three Ooh, um, in the squad, and maybe one halfback in the wider training squad. So my yep. mm. top three makes at the, my top three at the moment would be Aaron Smith starting, because, you know, 100 caps experience, need him there. And then after him would be Christie at the moment. And then probably uh, Weber, and then Nara or Vakatava fighting out that, that fourth spot. John, I heard moment. you
1: say probably Weber. Does that mean you're a bit like Justin Marshall, that Smith and Christie you're utterly, completely sure about, but number
2: three, you're a little bit sceptical? Yeah, well, we'll see how the Chiefs play in the next couple of weeks and we'll see how these um, halfbacks play coming into the finals. Uh, and then, you know... 'll make that'll make it clear to us who's the third halfback but at at the moment those two Christie and Smith uh, should be you know first starting in the and then um coming off the bench um also going into tonight's matches um you know you you both are in Wellington there I think the hurricanes will win by about 30 um I think the blues it's either going to be a draw or they're gonna win by two
1: oh, oh, I like that, John. Aggressive. <laughs> I do like a draw I do like a man who, who who predicts draws. John, thanks so much for joining us, mate. Let's chat again soon. Give us a call back uh, another Saturday morning. Really enjoyed chatting. Yeah, thanks a lot, John. Yes. G'day, Pete. Welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah yo. Know,
2: Pleasure to be here. Yeah, um Justin massive comment on halfback. I, I was I've had Chiefs game tonight and um this afternoon. I watched the train this week. No doubt in my mind, the three halfbacks will be Smith, Webber, Peronar. They won't go in so here Chris- so Christie, son. I don't rate the men. You know, and we're looking behind a good back. You know, these boys are devastated. Weber at his best is twice the halfback that Christie is. And I've taken my eyes off. Um, I get hey, on you Pete. We'll, we'll put
1: you on we'll put you on hold there's something wrong with your phone it's 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 incredibly uh, staticky and uh, Peeking uh, sorry about that uh Pete sorry about that listeners uh, I think he went Weber I think Weber was his third choice yeah uh, didn't
0: rate didn't rate Christie, uh Pete uh but he he just said that Weber is twice the player that Christy will be however we're getting callers um, and listeners uh, texting in with Christie Smith and Perinara seems to be the, the three that they a lot of them are going for.
1: Well, Pete's the only one who hasn't put in Finlay Christie. Mm. going for Brad Webber, who's, who's got some runs on the board with the All Blacks, of course, and that does uh, certainly play a part. Uh, keep your uh, thoughts coming in, whether it's uh, via text um, or 0800 uh, Apologies again, Pete, um, and listeners for that. We'll take a short break. It's 18 away from 11. And it's a damn fine product, far better than when black caps sing for their IPL masters. That is to come up after 11 o'clock. Wow. <laughs> but let's wow. get to some of your thoughts here on the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show. Reese Plumbing Design to help your business grow and succeed, Reese, works for you. We've been asking you to rank ABC or 1, 2, 3 um, halfbacks as far as uh, who will make the All Blacks. No one can
0: settle gr- on it either,
1: looking no, no, at all that, these texts. This is great because there, there are. So many legitimate contenders. Like this text uh, just mentions one no one's actually mentioned before. Uh, Christy Smith and Hall. Brent Hall from the Crusaders getting a, a nomination there. Uh, Bob, thank you, Bob. Didn't quite enter the spirit of uh, the question, but he's thrown. Actually, I like Cortez Ratima as the third halfback. We need to develop these young ones now. Uh, Bob, give me your one, two, three, though. I, I'd love to hear your, your full list. Uh, Andy writes, reckon the ABs will go with Smith, uh, Christy. And uh, um another one here, Christy Smith Um and uh, let's go off topic. Our condescending text of the week, thanks to Carlos. <laughs> Hi, Daniel and Grant, and I'm going to try and read it as condescending as it comes across to us. Can I give you a punting lesson? Question Please. mark. Well, you didn't wait for the our response, Carlos, and then you have given us uh, the, the lesson, so I appreciate that. Twelve and a half point start to the Brumbies is $1.42. I think they could even win the game. Remember, the Blues have a slightly weaker lineup uh, this week and the Brumbies have their key man, Olicio, back. Uh, good. Carlos, uh, good point.
0: That is a good point, actually, from Carlos.
1: Yeah. It, Not on the punting
0: because, I mean, if you listen to the end of the show, Carlos, our punting tips are amazing,
1: <laughs> aren't they, Daniel? Oh, wow. We'll get to <laughs> actually, that. we need we'll, all the we'll, lessons we'll, we can get. We'll get to that after, after <laughs> the next break. Um I may have gone the blues, but that may have just been... Um, to put me under basically pressure. Basically to put you under pressure and be the deciding vote. So, yeah, Carlos, uh, good points. And um, in summary, I'm a jerk. Uh, it's 12 away from 11. This is the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show. Uh, Reece, Plumbing designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. Keep your messages rolling at a double eight, double three. Thanks to everyone who's participated, including our featured guest every Saturday for all that great, Justin Marshall. Uh, lots of calls, lots of texts. Do appreciate those. Keep them rolling in. We'd love chatting to you, um, not only about code in uh, this segment, the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show, but sport overall. Um, when the Saturday session rolls on in the next hour, we'll open the lines again. But we must update the Super Rugby Fan of the Year competition as the best of the best remain. I mean, literally remain. We oh. didn't lose anyone last week. How's that even possible? Well, they're really good at tipping, unlike us. <laughs> In fact, over the last three weeks, we've dropped from 52 to 42, 42 to 41, and 41 to 41. So uh, well done uh, to all of those remaining um, in the Super Rugby Fan of the Year competition and in with a chance to win $5,000 thanks to Reese Plumbing. Um, Let's update what's happened as far as the Saturday session tipping crew and our uh, SENZ uh, Super Rugby Tipping Comp um, and our staff standings. Benevolent dictator Ben Francis has just taken over now. He just doesn't trust us. That's fair.
0: Ben Putin.
1: Yeah. It's a And how did we go, boss, last week after you changed our tips?
2: Oh, surprisingly fantastic. Perfect round. Perfect round? Yes. Which ones did you
1: change? Which ones are you accusing us of getting wrong? All of them. So you're saying <laughs> no. last week we chose the force to beat the Highlanders. Was I drinking on the job? I really should I should stop day drinking and turning up to work. There's no way I would have picked the force to beat the Highlanders. Uh, the Saturday night game drew a Pacifica. I think I danced around that one. I, uh, I you think danced I around all of them, option. Daniel. Uh, I, blues I, to beat the <laughs> Reds I was out, utterly sure of.
2: Did you change that one too? No, you, you, you picked wrong in all of them.
1: No way.
0: I did not pick the Reds to beat the Blues. I picked the Canes, though, surely. I, I must have been on the right side of some of those, Ben Francis.
1: Well, you weren't here, mate. Was i not
0: here. <laughs> no. I'm sure this, I was here. This is
1: clearly Ben. I was here last week. <laughs> you weren't. I went in. Went 10 and 11?
0: No, I <laughs> no, wasn't. Oh, you
1: weren't. <laughs> oh, good chat, boys. <laughs> You're right. Oh. Ben, just keep, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, yeah, keep great doing stuff, what ben. you're doing. We, we appreciate it. We appreciate the <laughs> knives in our backs. Um, especially if they lead us to glory or more mid-table mediocrity. The Saturday sessions after this. Life's busy. Take this deck.
0: There's heaps to do on it. Like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.